Jason. We have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. We'll normally be doing three episodes a week during the season, just two this week because of the uh, the holiday and my uh, my surgery. So um, we'll be doing three, and, and the, the Thursday one will be the uh, the preview of the upcoming game. So be on the lookout for that. This Thursday, we got mailbag questions that we're going to get to here shortly. Uh, if you want to uh, email the show, mailbag at gmail.com is the best way to email. We're getting uh, the, the volume of emails we're getting as the season is building here uh, to the start has been nice. Um, so if you sent one in and we didn't get to it, just uh, keep trying. And we're saving some of them for um, ones that can evergreen nicely. We've got those saved. So keep sending them in, mailbag at gmail.com. And I try to answer some of the ones we don't get to on the podcast. So um, we look forward to hearing from you on that. John, before we get to the mailbag, uh, I don't know what it is. I'm like, uh, I'm like one of those bug zappers to, uh, you know, that attracts mosquitoes to it, like a fluorescent light. I'm a fluorescent light for uh, Twitter fiascos these days. Uh, we had DeAndre Hopkins tell it when I, when I tweeted uh, rare footage of DeAndre Hopkins at practice with a video of him practicing. And he saw that and then made a joke uh, about uh, a joke involving my wife. It wasn't about my wife, but it involved my wife. The happiest person about that, my wife. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then this weekend. Your wife, Amy. Let's say Amy. Yeah, my wife, Amy. Yes, uh, she has a name. Um, this weekend, John, Saturday at 9.16 a.m. So that was, uh, that was Saturday morning. So I was, you know, I was all hepped up on painkillers and game day. You know, the two greatest drugs in the history of the universe and, um, and, and probably got a little out over my skis, but I did think the TCU was going to cover the 21 point spread against Colorado. I probably should have stopped at 21. Cause here's what I tweeted. Very excited for coach primes pregame pep talk to surface on social media today should be epic. Then they'll get rolled by 40 by TCU, but man, that speech is going to be amazing. Well, we know that didn't work out, John. We know that, uh, and and it and it, it did not work out from jump. Colorado, you knew five minutes into that game, they were going nowhere that day. They they were standing in toe to toe with TCU. They were the better football team. The problem for me, John, is that freezing cold takes picked that up. The tweet that's uh, uh, at freezing cold takes, I believe, on Twitter, and there's six hundred thousand followers or whatever it is picked up that tweet and and laid it over a graphic of Deion Sanders coaching his guys up in Colorado gear. And that was the only tweet that they picked up on that game was mine. Uh, so I got a lot of attention this weekend, John, from Deion Sanders fans, Colorado Buffaloes fans, people who just like clowning people who make horrible, horrible predictions. It was a very long weekend for me on social media, John. Good for you. I wish it had been me because I never pay any attention to what people say. But let me tell you, there are so many people around the country, including the odds makers, that picked them to get whomped. And afterward, Dion's acting like he's the first coach to ever win an upset in history. And I remember when Dion used to have to make predictions on the NFL Network, and he didn't, he wasn't batting a hundred. So you got a lot, probably got a lot of some new followers out of it. I did. And uh it, it was the best story of the weekend. Dion did a great he and his staff. Did a great coaching job. His son Stewart was outstanding. Travis Hunter did was uh, he was like superhuman. And I'll say this: 
Uh, Dane Brugler, the NFL expert for the athletics, he said today that Colorado's receivers, backs, and tight ends, everybody caught passes, gained 273 yards after the catch. Yeah. Yeah. That is phenomenal. Can't wait to see them play Nebraska. They went from decisive underdog to favorite. Every time Dion and the Buffalo step on the field, it's going to be a big story. And the college recruiters around the country for other schools are going to be, man, we may need we need more NIL money to keep all the players from wanting to go to Boulder. So it's a great story for college football. And I think it's really good for you too. Uh, yeah, no, I, I look that that's the funny thing, John, on Twitter with this stuff, the, or the people who, who think that somehow me getting a prediction woefully wrong like that is jeopardizing my job at sports radio, six ten. you know, like that's, that's my favorite part. Like somehow part of my employee evaluation is being right. <laughs> you know, like if, if that were the case, we'd all get fired one week into our, they wouldn't have any hosts left if, if we were, if, if we got compensated and, and promoted based on being right with our predictions in this job, as far as. Colorado goes, yeah, I don't know what to make of the game this weekend with Nebraska. Matt Rule is obviously a great college coach. Like, he's a great college coach. But he he hasn't really had his chance to kind of sink his meat hooks into Nebraska yet. It's still largely Scott Frost's team. Although, that, with the transfer portal, I may, maybe I'm underestimating that. I don't know what Nebraska's transfer activity was like. It feels like every school has like 20 of them on the team, at least. Now, Dion's got like 80 of them. But I... Like conventional wisdom, John, says that Colorado is going to be reading their press clippings this week. They're probably going to be in the top 25. You know, they were they, they couldn't have been further from the top 25 coming into the season and certainly last year when they were one of the worst teams in Division One football. Um, and this is not exactly a coach who feels like somebody who is kind of suppressing everything with the press clippings. He feels like somebody who's waving the press clippings, Dion, that is, in everybody's face. Like he feels like he handles nothing conventionally. And I guess that's, that's, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Um, I'm saying that like the handicap on this game would normally be a, a, a no brainer. You got a team who's, who's getting bet. They, they, they opened this in the seat before the season. This game was a nine point favorite for Nebraska before the season. It swung 12 and a half points through the zero. And now Colorado's a three and a half point favorite. Conventional wisdom says if the world is climbing on this team right now, you go against that. Conventional wisdom says if this is a team, a bunch of young kids who are being told how awesome they are all week long, they're going to come out flat. Add to this the fact that Nebraska lost in excruciating fashion in their game against Minnesota. They don't want to start the season 0-2. They're coming in a far more desperate team than Colorado to this game. So if this were just normal college A versus college B, it's a real easy handicap with this thing. You back Nebraska and then you take the points and you back away and you count your money later. There's nothing conventional about Deion Sanders. Nothing. Zero. Um, so I don't know what to do with this game, except I know I'm going to bet it. I almost have to bet. John, I almost have to bet Nebraska just to keep leaning into this persona that I've uh, that I've nurtured now on on uh, social media as this anti-Deion guy, when I actually like Deion a lot. Uh, I watched all the Nebraska game because I'm a big Matt Rule fan. I had a tweet ready to go congratulating him on winning. Then they were tied, ah, and then they lost. Jinx! And so uh, the thing about Dion, if you listen to Dion, he's the Captain Kirk of college football. He's taken his team places no nobody's ever been. Now, of course, that's not true, but that's what he said. So it won't surprise me at all if they don't beat the hell out of Nebraska 
because I was not very impressed. I'll say this about the Cornhuskers. Uh, Matt Rule took a year before he turned it around at Temple. He took a year at Baylor before he turned it around at Baylor. So it won't surprise me at all if Nebraska's not any good because they weren't any good at Temple. They weren't any good at Baylor. So that just seems to be the standard because you got to have time to turn the team around. And you mentioned earlier about Deion Sanders and and all the transfers. That may have been the most impressive thing of all. Yeah. The way he got rid of almost every player. His depth chart was almost all new, and they did a tremendous job of coaching those guys, of organizing those guys, picking the right guys. It was a phenomenal job by them. Now, because of the business he's in, you got to do it again. Yeah, no, John, that that's that was my reason for picking against them. A lot of people think I tweeted that and picked against Dion because I'm a Dion hater of some sort. I like Dion. That this is phenomenal for college football. Like this is the most interest. Like this is the most like sort of global interest that college football has had in a long, long time. Just like on a topic that that attract you don't have to be a Colorado fan to be attracted to this story in Boulder, at least as of right now. Now who knows if they're five and seven this year or four and eight which they very well could be. The Pac-12, nobody's lost in the Pac-12 yet. Pac-12 had a pretty good first week of football. Um, so I that's exactly why I picked against them. I didn't think that Dion, nor any coach for that matter, it wasn't a Dion thing. I didn't think that any coach could take 70 or 80 guys who who hadn't basically hadn't met each other for all intents and purposes five weeks ago and turn it into a cohesive football football product, especially against a team that was in the national championship game last year in the heat, on the road. So that he was able to do that, that was a that was a well-coached team. That wasn't just a team that, oh, wow, turns out they have a lot of talent. They do. I mean, they have a lot of talent. That was a well-coached, talented football team. And if Deion doesn't like people in the media who pick against him, he can throw a bucket of water on him like he did to Tim McCarver. That's right. The late great when he was – Playing for the Braves. Was it the Braves or the Reds he was playing for at the time? I think it was the Braves. And he got okay. McCarver, who to me is the best color analyst ever yeah. in baseball. He threw water on him in the locker room and ever got a picture on it. So he can always get some more buckets of water. That's true. That's true. I better be careful. I got to steer clear. I might get one <laughs> myself. Did you see? I don't know if you saw, John. I posted it um, sitting there on Saturday or Sunday morning, maybe. And I'm sitting there. I, I get. I get push notifications on my phone from Twitter uh, if people like my tweets who are like verified people or you know people of like a certain level of follower. Like it's basically, if somebody famous likes one of my tweets, it tells me like JJ Watt liked my tweet. Ooh, that's cool. Um, I look down, it says Deion Sanders liked your tweet, and I said, Oh my god! And I looked, and it was Deion Sanders. It was Deion Sanders, but it was Deion Sanders Jr. It was his son. Liked my tweet guessing so that he could then take it bookmark it and go show it to his old man 100 chance Dion saw my tweet right john no sure of course yeah, yeah that's good. he's taking receipts and you're one of them i'm one of them i know i know i'm scared